Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The South Coast End Zone Podcast. Extended coverage of high school football from sports editor Lori Lose of the Standard Times. Now, the South Coast End Zone. It's Super Bowl time. Welcome back to South Coast End Zone, the podcast. We are going to be talking about one game and one game only, and that is undefeated Old Rochester playing Stoneham for the Division Six Championship. I'm joined by Nick Fryer and Sam Schillen. How you doing, guys? Always good to be here. Talking Super Bowl, too. Yeah, talking football after Thanksgiving. You know, they're, uh, we're in a good territory here. It's been a few years uh, since Dartmouth in uh, 2015 was the last time we had a team in our coverage area playing in the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah. Not that long, though. No, no. We I skipped mean, two seasons, and now we're back again. Yeah, exactly. And Dartmouth was there back-to-back years, so uh, this will be, what, three out yeah. of five years? It's only nine teams when you think about it. Yeah, exactly. We really covered nine cover. teams. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so we've had uh, three in five years, so not, not too shabby. So, old Rochester, getting ready. Uh, they are undefeated at 11-0, and looking to go 12-0, and win the first school's first football state championship since 1993. Uh, Stoneham, meanwhile, uh, I talked to their coach, he believes they uh, have won a Super Bowl in the past, but he didn't know when it was. Um, but they have been one game away from being in the Super Bowl the last three seasons. Uh, so twice they okay. lost in the state semifinals, and once they lost in the section final, but that was the year that the North was getting the bye into the finals. So the, kind of the situation old Rogers was in this year, gotcha. where they didn't have to play a state semifinal. Mm-hmm. So the sectional championship was one game away from the state championship. So. Mm-hmm. So uh, they finally got over the hump this year. Uh, mm-hmm. They were undefeated going into Thanksgiving, lost on Thanksgiving, so they're now 10-1. and one. To Ooh. Redding, who's a, who's a pretty good team. Very good team. They did play their starters. They played that game mm-hmm. legitimately. They lost in overtime, actually. They, uh, um, they lost in overtime. Redding scored first. They then got the ball, scored, but didn't convert the two-point conversion. Wow. So lost on a failed two-point conversion <sighs> uh, in overtime to Redding. That is tough. Um, so Sam, you actually watched one of their games or some of their one of their games on YouTube, right? Oh yeah, this morning. So they actually have uh, the Arlington Community Media Group or whatever. Uh, when Arlington and Stoneham played in like the second week of the season, they did a YouTube live of it. So it's some pretty terrible commentating. But if you mute it or just kind of roll with the punches, um, you get to see pretty much the team in action. And again, what I was surprised, um, not knowing anything about them, is this game is going to look like a game probably played in the 50s or early 60s <laughs> or a nice uh you know for the navy army um game coming up kind of a nice preview for that because these guys run a double wing offense uh so they run Throwback. probably 95 to you know 97 percent of the time um their quarterback's pretty athletic he doesn't run a ton but he gives them something and then they will occasionally throw it and he can he can drive the ball downfield probably you know 35 40 yards um and but they're big Big stud is this kid, Christos Argopoulos. Yes, the, the Greek the name. Greek. That was, yes. Uh, and he, I think, has run for almost 1,800 yards. Yeah, uh, he's 10 yards like he's a pop. really good. 30 touchdowns. So, again, I think 
they they lead the state in scoring at like just over 42 points per game so i think they you know they they beat up on the uh, middle portion of their schedule pretty good um but yeah they they look solid you know and it's going to be a grit and grind and you know um real run heavy game so didn't they just drop a 45 spot on littleton wasn't that was yeah. That sounds right, yeah which is actually yeah. i'm, I'm kind of glad that the the western team didn't get the bye this year because it does seem like a lot of times like the western teams from massachusetts are mm-hmm. not the strongest team so i think that it's clearly the two best teams in division six playing now whereas if old rochester and stoneham had to play they would have you know obviously uh played with much less limelight so it's kind of yeah. nice that they're you playing. even end up with that in a lot of other sports when the north plays the south and the central plays the west and that uh, north-south semifinal game is often really the state championship game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you end up playing the central or the west, and it's whoever came out of the north or south just kind of romps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like the eastern half of the state in terms of some sports, you know, um, definitely seems a little bit stronger. Which I'm surprised that the central's not usually a little bit better because Littleton, I mean, this they've been there back-to-back years, but I guess maybe that's just how weak the rest of the central is. I don't know. But I was, I would, you would think yeah. that's more of Boston, right? I mean... I don't know. I'm just a little surprised by that. But it's the way it is. Yeah. 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 Um, so it is going to be interesting because this is going to be a little bit more kind of – so they played a lot of run-heavy teams in the regular season. They played an all-SEC schedule. SEC doesn't throw the ball a whole ton. Mm. Then, I guess, starting with the SEC championship against Case, they all of a sudden went up against a bunch of spread teams. And they kind of had to adjust, and they struggled a little bit at first, and they started to figure it out. And now they're kind of be like, oh, forget all that stuff that we've been working on the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to stopping the run, uh, which obviously they were very good at uh, during the regular season. The only team that really – the only run-based team that really gave them trouble was DR. Mm-hmm. And that's who this Stoneham team seems like they're most similar yeah. to. And, and DR's a team playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. in the Division Four Super Bowl. Um, Pretty so. cool. The SEC's got two teams uh, playing for state championships. Uh, one on Friday. DR's playing on Friday. I believe it's the first game on Friday. I could, I could be wrong on that. Yeah, it's a 5 and a 7.30. So I'm not, I'm not yeah. exactly sure but what. But it's definitely Friday. And mm-hmm. then uh, Old Rochester at 3.30 mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um yeah, it's interesting. I was at the DR uh, Old Rochester game, and Old Rochester had a couple of closer games late. The Case game, they definitely could have lost, and uh, you know the Bishop Stang game, game uh, Stang yeah. gave him a good comeback at the end. Although it was like twenty-one to three heading into the fourth, but the DR game was the only game where, for a stretch of the game, I was like, I think Old Rochester is going to lose this game. Really? That was the only one where there was like they for the second and third quarters, Old Rochester couldn't move the ball. DR Old Rochester got out to a nice early lead. Their first two drives, they. Went right down, scored a couple of times. At that point, they hadn't even given up any points on the season. Mm-hmm. DR comes. I, th- I want to say there was like an old Rochester drive that stalled out. They had like a penalty or two. They got pushed back into like a third and 28 type situation. Couldn't convert it. And then from then on until the fourth quarter, it was all DR. Do you think it was because DR's defense was strong? Because I didn't get to see DR this year. Yes, DR defense was, was very strong. And uh, and. They were just able to move the ball kind of just enough to get a couple of scores, mm-hmm. uh, and then Old Rochester got one late in order to win that one, twenty to fourteen. See, that's my thing going into this. When we hear about Stoneham's offense, you said Sam, what was it like forty-two points a game? They they lead. You know, is it yeah. all of all of Massachusetts football? State. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah, that all, in two yeah. spots. So they lead the state in scoring. We know how good ORR's defense is. Obviously, they should be able to handle something like this. Either way, it's going to be an entertaining challenge. But we also know their offense has been good. They have Will Garcia back, so it just. They have a bunch of you know thoroughbreds waiting to run. 
We don't know much about Stoneham's defense. I haven't heard anything about it. You know, I was over at Old Rochester the other day. That's not something that came up. It's the offense, the offense, the offense. So if DR's defense was so good, and that seems like the closest comp, and I mean, they're a state title contender. It's obviously a very good comp. Um, I'm curious if Stoneham's defense will be able to handle Old Rochester's offense. I mean, all year it's been the defense that's carried them throughout. Is it going to be the offense that kind of puts them over the edge in this one? I think based on what we know so far, that might be the case. Absolutely. I did, uh, I did talk to Will Garcia and I talked to Cole McIntyre when we were up at Gillette for the MIA Championship Breakfast and talked to them a little bit about the defense. And they, you know, they said they had some size, but it wasn't much more than old Rogers had. I think size-wise they're going to be fairly even. They talked about some speed on the defense, but, you know, old Rogers got a lot of speed on offense. So, yeah. you know, there wasn't anything really specific that they talked about that they were, like, really worried about from this defense other than everything that every player talked about is about how disciplined this team is and how, like, Stoneham just doesn't make mistakes. You know, they read keys really well. They know where they're supposed to be. They're not caught flat-footed or in the wrong spot or in the wrong assignment. Uh, so you're really just going to have to kind of – it sounds like this game is really going to just kind of come down to execution. Yep. Uh-huh. Like, it's not going to be a whole lot of X's and O's and, you know, halftime adjustments and that. It's going to be like, you know, Stoneham, from what I say in their offense, they run just a handful of plays and they run them really well. Mm-hmm. Old Rochester's pretty similar. They don't, their playbook isn't huge. And it's just going to be like, who actually executes the blocks? Like, who makes the cut better? Yeah. Who makes the tackle? Like, mm-hmm. who does those little fundamental things you learn back in Pop Warner the best? Yeah, well, I think it's going to come down to ball security because this That'll seems be like a game too. where I don't see either team just being able to run up the score. And then I also think, you know, Old Rochester has this cap- capability with Tyler No and Cole McIntyre being able to throw a pretty good ball, and it seems like the weather um, is going to cooperate. So there's that possibility of if, you know, you're, you're running, you're running, you're running, you're lulling the defense to sleep. Those, those corners are, are kind of sliding into the box, getting worried about, you know, uh, keeping contain on their edge, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get behind them for a big score. And, and I think both teams kind of do that. So mm-hmm. it's like those play calling, again, it's only going to be – two or three times in the game but if you hit it on the right spot where you see those corner that cornerback's eyes are not you know he's not being disciplined I think it could come down to that and then again just protecting the football because you know again given a team like this a short field um, it, it's going to be huge but I, I really expect it to be a grinding game I think ORR has really good size I think they're going to be able to stand up to it I think they're going to pack the box I think we might see Dylan DeWolf back in the middle of the field Um, I think you're going to see an extra defensive lineman again they kind of were protecting against the playing mostly nickel um, against uh, some of these spread teams so I think you're going to see a lot of big bodies on the field you know seven eight guys in the box um, and then just you know having to score matriculate the ball down the field long scoring drives and I also expect this game to be all wrapped up in about an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, don't blink on this 10 one. 10-minute quarters because they're you know playing that whole slate yep, of games. They're kind of condensing the games a little bit. And mm-hmm. Three timeouts per team per half, which actually should be the rule all the time. I think. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I would be in favor. I would sign the petition <laughs> yep. for, I mean, six timeouts per game seems like plenty per team to me. It's, yeah, if you're yeah. judicious about it. Because exactly. what is it, five? For, five normally. Yeah. 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 Is it three full 230s, mm-hmm. I think? Yeah. yeah. But um, they're, absolutely the, the, the clock is just going to be running you know because i don't be see the when you talked about with the with the turnovers and the and the ball control there's not gonna be many possessions in this game like old mm-hmm. rogers might end up with the ball like six times mm-hmm. all yeah. game yeah and if you turn the ball over on one of those and lose a whole possession and give them an extra possession that could be the turning point in the whole game yeah this is like the anti-Big 12, uh, you know, yeah. running guns, you know, uh, where you're having like 20, 25 possessions. This is going to be... 
Everything counts. Do you think that there's a chance that either team decides early to go to like some, not trick play, but kind of go off the books a little bit and make moves that either side wouldn't expect? Because they have plenty of time to familiarize each other with uh, themselves with each other. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there is some game planning. I could, I could definitely see it, but I, I think both these teams think if they, uh, also, you know, they kind of they're playing the same style. To me, it's like two heavyweight big punchers so it's like Mike Tyson against Mike Tyson and it's like I bet they both think you know both confident groups and have every reason to be you know ORR coming in undefeated and Estonia only losing to a really good Reddings a a really Mm -hmm. powerhouse program in the north kind of north of Boston area so I think that they both think that they can kind of enforce their will on the Mm -hmm. other team that's kind of why I asked you wonder if you know who's going to be the first to pull it out and they've had two three weeks to put this together yeah I mean I guess especially old Rochester I mean Mm -hmm. Stoneham's played Two games in the time that Old Rogers only had to play one, mm-hmm. and it was a game that you know, I'm sure they went into it fairly confident. They didn't have to do a whole bunch of game planning against a punt. But it wasn't like Stoneham <laughs> playing Reading for sure. Exactly, that's what I'm Definitely. saying. Like it wasn't like they were really worried about the Lakers and like we got to preserve this. We got to go all out to preserve this undefeated season. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, but that's why I ask. I'm, like, I guess kind of more a better question would be: Do we think Kogler? Because we don't know Stoneham's coach well enough. Do we think Kogler is going to stick to the plan, like no matter what, and go down with the ship, or do we think there's a chance where he's kind of like, you know what, maybe we try this and we try? I mean, late is different. I mean, everybody tries whatever they can late, but does he try something in like the second quarter of things aren't working how he likes them to work Off- offensively? I don't think defensively we'll see any changes on there. That's I mean, it I- hasn't been his mo. Yeah, like if you know, you look back at Kogler teams over the last few years. You go back to the Middleborough game, you know, that's when they were, you know, in the second Division Six yep. championship game last year. They kind of stuck to their stuff. You know, they didn't start passing the ball a ton. You know, it was still, you know, the Harry Smith show kind mm-hmm. of. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen too many times where, like, Coker's really gotten out of, uh, you know, he hasn't done kind of what Case did to him in that yeah. SEC championship game. Well, there is kind of, game. as a coach, there's a continuum of, you know, what do you believe in out executing or do you believe in out scheming? And I think that Kogler is squarely on the side of this far. And this is not a knock. I, a lot of the coaches I really enjoy are, are on the out executing. Let's worry about what we do and do what we do as bet to, to the best of our ability. And let's let the chips fall where they may. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like with this squad with, you know, I, with Will Garcia coming back and that's, uh, that's I want to talk about that. So. And I mean, this I I would be happy to see it. And then also the the size and the uh, continuity on that offensive line is is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I would expect, just to kind of. Now you were at the Thanksgiving game, Nick. Yeah. Um, Will Garcia, his first couple of games back, you could tell he was kind of working his way back in. Oh my god, figuring things out, figuring out what he can do on that ankle because yeah. his ankle's still injured. It's not. Yeah, it's still, not like he's healed up from this injury. He's right. just yeah. playing through it. Yep. He's going to have surgery five days after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Can miss a whole indoor track season. Mm-hmm. Um, he postponed this surgery to come back and play in a Super Bowl. Can't so say I blame him. No regrets there. I'm sure. I'm sure he's happy with his decision. Not one letter. Did he look like he was getting back to what he was last year in that Thanksgiving? In the first couple games yeah, I mean, this season? I think was it 190 and 190, three touchdowns? three touchdowns on 16 carries. And he had, I think, 100 yards and one touchdown his first two games back. Yeah, I mean, which are still, I mean, that's maybe not Will Garcia numbers, but they were they were still impressive. But yeah, the 190, I mean, Aponiquit came at that game, and Zane Fife said it to me afterwards, they were trying to do some different things because they knew what to expect against old Rochester. Um, I don't know if they forgot what Will Garcia was capable of. I don't know how you can. I mean, at the same time, you don't know what he's going to be because he's dealing with those injuries. Um, 
I'd be curious to see how, how Stoneham handles him just because, yeah, Jackson Cody's good, don't get me wrong, and, and Desmond Dias. The, the other running backs they have can do the job, but I think Garcia, I don't want to say he's back because it's kind of hard to say that he's what he was before the injury, just is with the case with any player. But I think he's, I mean, 190 yards. I mean, it doesn't matter who it's against. That's ridiculous. And it was like the third play of the game, too. He rips off one big one for a touchdown. I mean, he just... I and it was on 16 carries, too, yeah. so it was 10-plus yeah. yards per exactly. carry. He didn't do anything. I think it was like he had something early in the third quarter, maybe like two, three rushes, and then I don't think he touched the ball again after the fourth, maybe even most of the third quarter. So he did, really two-plus quarters. Exactly. I mean, yeah. he seemed he seemed fine. I Honestly, from the, eye, from the stats, obviously he was fine. From the eye test, I mean... I I think he's as challenging a guy to stop as anybody that I've seen so far this year. In the first game, I saw him in this. Well, I saw him in the first two games back, especially the first game. He looked like he was, you know, still a little hesitant, you know, kind of reading where those holes were going to be, taking an extra second to decide I didn't see that. If, yeah. if he should pop it out to the outside or run. And so that 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 kind of split second hesitation, you think yeah. is gone now, and he's I didn't back see to that decisive. Yeah, no hesitation here. out of the kid whatsoever, and he was moving just fine. I don't know if I saw him break off any tackles. I can't necessarily recall that. I know he was in the middle of some. Um, scrums, but I felt like the blocking was there where it needed to be. I mean, Dias looked really good too. He had like 113 on 15, and he'll tires. be really important too. Yeah. Like they're still going to keep. It's not going to be the whole Will Garcia show. They're going to yeah, keep and this and thunder and lightning thing going. It's them working in in, in complement uh, with one another because it is when Will Garcia is there. I think he just gave you something that Jackson Cody, although Jackson Cody like might be the front runner for you know player of the year next year. He he was great, yeah. and he's more of kind of a traditional between the tackles back. But Will Garcia is that lightning. Is that guy that can home run threat that all of a sudden those edge contained players can't start gearing down to just load up against Des D- uh, Dias and like uh, you know anybody that's running in between the tackles so all of a sudden just the threat of a healthy Will Garcia so even if he just pops one so it might not be that impressive of a stat line that can free stuff up you know uh, between It'll the tackles that option for, game too with Cole mm-hmm, McIntyre when mm-hmm. he gets outside and you know, he does, you know, he can either yeah, pitch or keeps, keep it. Yep. Exactly, exactly. It's just kind of that awareness of, oh, man, if I screw up against Will Garcia, it's not just a first down. It could be, it <laughs> yeah. could change the game. And I think that the, he gives you something that they didn't have uh, previously. So, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be a really fun game. And it is, you know, just a throwback uh, stylistically. It's, it's a cool, cool matchup. It's too bad Stoneham lost on Thanksgiving because otherwise it would have been the only two undefeated teams playing in a Super Bowl. Oh, really? If, if they had made really? it all the way there. Yeah, th- this year. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. not. And I saw, but I saw like the record. I mean, Stoneham, that's a really one-sided rivalry. Like, Stoneham's only beat Redding, I think they said, you know, of the, you know, it was like 60 wins for Redding and 17 wins for Stoneham. Oh, geez, so I, did not. I think they play up, and I believe Redding is a Division two or Division three team. So, oh, wow. Um, that them just playing up with them is almost like a you know Fairhaven having that nice outing versus Dartmouth. You almost mm-hmm. have to grade it on a scale. Mm-hmm. Like a very, it takes a very good Stoneham team to be competitive with a Reading team. Hmm. It'll also be interesting, and you know we have no idea, no way to predict this, but kind of what that you know Gillette feeling does to you mentally. You know, like you're you're in the Revolution locker, the Old Rogers will be in the Revolution locker room, like. There's going to be some level of like kind of looking around in awe before the game. You're going to run out. You're, there's the whole stadium, like, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I don't know which team it'll affect, but I, I have a feeling it'll affect some players more than others. I just think- kind of the gravity of the moment, and you know, maybe they spend an extra second they shouldn't, kind of looking around them and being like, "Holy cow, mm-hmm. where I am." Well, I think the thing that uh, Or has going in their favor for that factor 
Will Garcia, obviously a guy we just talked about who they're going to rely on heavily. He's dealt with so much other nonsense this year with injury. I'm sure he's locked in, laser focused. Like this could, you know, who knows what's coming after this. I'm going to be on the shelf for a while. We know that. So I would imagine he wants to leave little to no room for error. As much as he'll enjoy those first few moments, I think he'll be focused on the task at hand. And that's kind of something Kogler's done really well with the defense throughout the year. Because as much as the offense has had its rough moments, the defense, by and large, has been locked down. I mean, the the, the Stang game, I guess, was the one chink in the armor. But, I mean, like you said, Brendan, going now into it's the— still f- a 22 points or a 23? Yeah, uh, 22. Yeah, 20, I think it was 27, was it? 27, 22. 27, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And both of those, again, those were kind of spread. Uh, the Stang game, they were without Tyler No. Um, and they kind of got burned on some yeah. confusion about zone coverages. Like mm-hmm. this is, you know, Stone. Krasinski had just come back like two yep. weeks before, so he was still and, kind and of. Stone when they do run, it's very much off of play action. It's trying to catch you flat footed and not expecting it. When they throw, only, right? They, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, when they throw, and um, they're only sending three guys down the field. So this is very much more of like just making sure your corners and your free safety are paying, you know, paying attention because they're they probably won't beat you. They're not gonna. It's not a complex scheme. It's just making sure that you have eye discipline and you make sure you read those cues of what's a, a you know a fake run block versus a real run block or whatever tells they have. Um, but you know the teams against uh, I'd add case to that list of the teams that they had trouble with. Mm-hmm. But that, that was squarely you know uh, throwing the ball down the field. So they you know they're they're a stout, sturdy, big, strong team with great linebackers. So mm-hmm. they are kind of built to stop this. Um, yeah. That's the, and that's the thing they have. I mean, they're going to roll out more often than not five linebackers and guys who all can make big plays, too. I mean, that's huge. And that's why even if, you know, let's just say Dias, for some reason, he gets caught up in the moment. He gets caught up by the fact that they're playing edge. Let's see. I'm just not saying that he will, but let's say one guy does. You have four other linebackers there who are more than capable of filling in and doing what he needs to do on any given play on any given day. So I think their depth defensively, because the defense is still their number one thing, that will carry them through this no matter what. Yeah, they've proven that depth. I mean, every time they've had an injury this year, another guy stepped up, whether it's in the yeah. running back core, whether it's been, you know, Tyler Nose missed a couple of games, Brzezinski missed the first, uh, what was it, six games maybe or something, five, six mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've had some of their key players missing games at different points, and, you know, every time they just kind of come through it mm-hmm. unscathed. So, uh, yeah, I mean uh, – Anything else? I mean, any other keys to this game or things that you guys are kind of looking for? Or? Who is the first onside kick? You can do the prop <laughs> bets now. Yeah, I mean, so Old Rogers had as as uh, actually completed a couple. Uh, I think they had one against in Stan, the Sand game, although they then turned it right back over again. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but that was successful. So yeah, we'll see if anyone throws it. You know, that would be more what I would expect in like a full kind of funky game plan. Mm. Would be maybe throwing just a couple of trick plays in there, or little wrinkles, or yeah, you know, I'm curious who Harbaugh you, coming out of the half with the onside in the Super Bowl type thing. Yeah, yeah, I hear you saying. Yeah, and then uh, obviously from the Stoneham side, I'm not sure, and uh, you know that could that could, this could the kicking game could factor in too. I was thinking about that the other day. Like Ryan Thomas has been very solid. Like mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what his percentage is, but I'm guessing it's over eighty percent on point afters. Mm-hmm. Um, they struggled a little. He was he missed a couple of games. They had Bersari kicking. He wasn't quite as good. So Thomas is definitely the better kicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could factor in that. I don't I don't know if they have a field goal all season. 
They haven't, they haven't know. made one any game I've been at. I've been probably seven or eight of their games. Uh, um, they didn't have one. Yeah, so it could be interesting. You know, maybe the kicking game factors in. Who? I mean, we have no idea about the Stone kicking game at well, all. You have to think when you're dealing with two disciplined teams that it's one of those little weird things that will make the big difference mm-hmm. in the end. I mean, that's so. Yeah, it could be kicking. It could be kick return game. Who knows? But um, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm genuinely curious when you have two coaches, two teams that are like you said, more um, execution based and scheme based. Who decides to kind of waver from that? I really think that'll end up being the difference because if you, you if you waver from it and you screw up, I mean that could cost you the game. And conversely, obviously the other way around. Yeah, and then also, Brendan, you brought it up earlier, but just the basics of you know blocking and tackling, you know, <laughs> kind of the the building blocks of the sport because you know this uh, Christos uh, Argopoulos is a you know big strong kid runs through tackles. So if you're not you know bringing your feet, if you're not wrapping up, if you're not gang tackling and rallying to the ball, um, you know. A five-yard run turns into a twelve-yard run, and a twelve-yard run turns into you know a house call. So, and for the um, most part of the season, they've been a very good tackling team. Right. I was I'd almost forgotten how good of a tackling team they were. I'd covered Old Rochester. I want to say it was three or four weeks in a row, and then I co- actually covered. I'm sorry to say this, Nick. I covered Old Colony on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh gosh, yeah, that's what bad tackling looks like. Wow. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I hate to <laughs> match the Cougars. Shots I think I think their coaches yeah. and their players would admit they tackled very poorly. Uh, in that game against Tri County, mm-hmm. uh, but it was like, oh yeah, like you sometimes you just like take it for granted, like oh yeah, if there's a guy in front of him, he's gonna stop him. Mm-hmm. Like, Old Rochester's on a different level from pretty much everybody in the area. Yeah, there's yeah. no no questions asked. And that being said, and this well, I don't know. The New Bedford kids have been on social media a little bit recently. No, and I <laughs> I'm squarely in the. I would have if they had if Old Rochester had ended up losing that game to Stang or, you know, the weather was different in the Ashland game and whatever, um, I would have loved to see a new Bedford-Old Rochester game because, again, it is that's – got to think on a sliding – because Division Two versus Division Six, and mm-hmm. I, I think that would have been an extremely yep. – at least extremely competitive. And I I mean, this is a hypo, purely hypothetical now because New Bedford's no longer playing football, so <laughs> yep. it could never happen. Um, but I think that would be a very competitive game. Set up a charity game here. I'd like right. to see yeah. Sam Schilling Memorial Charity Classic. Memorial, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, not Memorial. <laughs> you know what else? I, I hope think that's not the case. I think um, Dartmouth wants a piece of uh, Old Rochester too. I would, now, obviously, they had a down year, but again, you bring up the sliding scale. What division is Dartmouth in again? Division four. 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 So that one might be even more competitive. Well, I thought right? you know, barely held off Stang. They, but I don't tra- know. Old Rochester beat Stang without a couple of their better players. I, I know they I didn't just, have Will Garcia. Yeah. They didn't have Tyler. No, I think we can Stan. agree. I, just I think we can agree that New Bedford, New Bedford, would probably be more competitive against Old Rochester. Yes, yes. I will say this. Early in the season, we we were having this debate in the office a few times. You know, four or five weeks in the season, and I was in the firmly in the Old Rochester would win the Old Rochester New Bedford. Uh, I was in that camp. I I'm now either wavering or maybe slightly into the New Bedford side. Just seeing how their offense started clicking in the oh, second yeah. half, and how they've kind of gotten past a lot of those. Turnovers, penalties, bad snaps, like terrible plays at inopportune moments. You know, they just, early in the season, I was like, Old Rogers are just so disciplined. Mm -hmm. They're not going to hurt themselves. They're not going to make mistakes. And New Bedford is, and that would I thought would be the difference in the game. And then yeah. the way New Bedford finished the season, and, and how many yards I, does, I might have reversed uh, my playing it for Old Rochester? How many yards does Latrell Canto run for this season? Oh, God, he's Harry. He's putting up Harry Smith numbers. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's, uh, you know, again, it's it's tough, but you know, hat, hats off to Old Rochester. This isn't to denigrate and the way she, what they're Harris doing. Came out the second half of the season. Yeah, please. yeah. It's not to downplay what oh, they're doing or yeah. anything but it is just you play so who's on the schedule fun. you know there's eight divisions so you've got to understand that maybe a division eight team is a you know a 
what a seventh seed in Division Two or something. Like you never, it's hard to know. And then sometimes same thing with uh, staying in New Bedford basketball. Like I thought that would, last year that would have been a really fun matchup. New Bedford gets knocked out in the second round. Bishop Stang makes it to section semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they hadn't run up against Burke then, they probably would have made the section final. You know, whenever they ran up against Burke last year mm-hmm. was going to be when they got knocked out. But, uh, you know, that just different divisions. I think if you actually put those two teams on the court, yeah, they would have yeah. been really But I do game. hope that in the future, um, the MIAA, uh, you know, when teams get out of the playoffs, I really appreciated what they did matching Dartmouth and Bishop mm-hmm. Stang up because that was kind of fun. Local rivalry. Things can get settled instead of just speculating on it. So if Old Rochester had bowed out earlier, that would have been awesome rather than uh, New Bedford traveling up to play a woeful Brookline team, which was just inane. And again, I I don't understand why they did that. Like, you know, them playing ORR, even though the divisions are way off, that would have been awesome. So I hope they they continue to do those local rivalry matchups. Part of the issue, too, is having like uh, a conversation set in place to like saying hey you know let's play each other because I know I talked to at least one AD who said like I I couldn't get a competitive game like that's how they ended up playing a school that was um, a lot worse than they would have liked to play Um, you have to kind of have those plans set in place so maybe New Bedford hadn't you know, started that line of communication with other schools, and I think that's kind of very important in terms of getting the teams that you want. Of course, Dartmouth and Stang, as long as both sides are willing, MIA is not going to say no to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the old Rochester thing, I think I'd still stick. I've seen New Bedford probably more than any team I've seen this year, and I honestly think that old Rochester would win that game, so I think it would be close. The biggest thing is um, probably the, the linebacking core for old Rochester versus the defensive line um, for uh, New Bedford, I mean, excuse me, the offensive line for New Bedford. I just feel like there were times, and it's not necessarily with Canto, it's more so in the passing game, whenever True's trying, there are just too many times that I've seen him have a lot of pressure on him against linebacking cores that that are not even close to old Rochester's. And I think that would end up making the big difference in the game. So I'd probably go old Rochester. But yeah, I would love to see um, more of those games like out of division where we yeah. saw like Fairhaven versus Old Colony and obviously Stang versus New Bedford. I mean, um, Stang versus Dartmouth. I'd love to see a little bit more of that. But it, I know that Dartmouth wants a piece of old Rochester. And, you know, if they decided to... I think I'd yeah. definitely take old Rochester. Yeah, but next one. year, who knows? Yeah. What, you know, well, oh, next year it might but be But that does seem like those teams yep. should play more often in sport it's just funny to me they're it very would be similar nice the old schools to me. get out of the conference a little bit more yeah i mean this year literally their entire seven game regular season was in their conference well, why they play i mean no disrespect to wear him like I, they did a, like we talked about it last episode i think it was that they did a lot this year they they overcame a lot why is old rochester playing them this year when they both know what their identities are you know going into the season that it's going to be pretty much a blowout i'd Mm -hmm. like to see and and it's not a conference game you know in the sense that one's small one's large Mm -hmm. i get was it the cranberry cup or something like that but i'd rather see old rochester playing a school that's a little bit more on their level or at least a team that we would think would be on their level going into this year Mm -hmm. we probably would have seen them trot you know easily beat dartmouth but next year they also do these in twos remember you know when they schedule a team it's two years Last oh. year, those where this is the home and yeah. homes. Gotcha. Last year, those old Rogers or Wareham games, there were two of them. Weren't oh there? yeah, uh, there's at least no. anyway. There, there well, the, one. the first one was probably the game of the year. Yeah, where it was like 41, yeah. 40. It was first week of the season. Harry Smith yeah. ran for three hundred plus yards. Yeah, Isaac, Isaac had two hundred. That's plus right. There yards. weren't two of them. I, I, for some reason, I keep thinking mm-hmm. that they they it was actually Somerset Berkeley. I keep thinking old Rogers won the won the large last year when it was really SB. Anyway, uh, so getting back to this, uh, I do want to say though, I think old Rochester would beat Dartmouth this season. Yes. New Bedford, Old Rochester. I don't even know if I'd want to make a pick. I don't know. I would want to watch I'd it. I'd pick though. Old Rochester. 
and get, Sam would get take off the Bedford. fence. Uh, probably. I mean, it's, I wouldn't again, set it's, a line on it. I mean, that you know. <laughs> I think the way New Bedford, I call it a pick the, the way New Bedford was kind of cresting at the end of the year, um, and then I, a lot of it kind of depends on weather. I think the worse the weather, the better ORR That's has. True. You know, the better the weather, then yes. and their spread. Uh, but the way some of these guys were coming on, Brendan Moniz, Shahid Barros, it seemed like yeah. Baron Hilton got healthy, scored two touchdowns in this in this in the Thanksgiving game. Uh, one was on a punt. Uh, yes. Oh, f- a fake, fake punt. punt. Oh man, that was a great on, play. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he had a lot of good plays on fake punts this year. Yeah. yeah the dudes, is, the dudes, a stud. So if you have Shahid Barros, Baron Hilton, Brendan Moniz, Jeremy DeCruz, Latrell Canto, and True Williams, like, okay, that five, that's that's basketball on grass. Like, I would take that group. But you they know? make mistakes. That's the other thing. I saw, there were some fumbles in that game too. It was like, what, what the heck's going on? Shahid Barros didn't, but I saw pretty much everybody else that you named there. I, yeah. I think Aaron I saw a fumble. It was twelve degrees. It was twelve degrees. Yeah, well, yeah. No, and Rochester right. had his little stretch where he had fumbles. Right? He had two back-to-back but, games where he had seven total fumbles. But there are some fumbles that well, you seven know. seven turnovers. I think there were six fumbles. Here. There are some fumbles that you know where it's like, okay, that's because of the cold, like if it's on a pitch or something like that. But there are some times where guys just aren't taking care of the ball. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw, I think, two of those plays where that resulted in fumbles against a Durfee team that was... You know, maybe they were taking them for granted, or whatever, but Durfee was obviously not that good. Yeah, they scored thirty points this whole season. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but but my point is though that New Bedford was careless and with the ball. Still came into them. Thanksgiving with a shot of the big three title. Yeah, that was a great stat. Unbelievable, absolutely ridiculous. Oh. All right, so let's let's go back to Old Rochester Stoneham here. Let's wrap this up. Uh, normally on this podcast, we just make kind of general picks: who's going to win the game. But let's get some actual scores here. Who wants to go first? Sam wants to first, go first. victim. Okay, I'm going to go. 17 to 14. Uh, Ryan Thomas is the uh, field super, goal. A super, wow. But I think it's an early field goal. It's an early field goal. So it's not a field goal late to win it. And then, you know, it's it's played tough. And again, I think this uh, wraps up in a tidy uh, hour and, and 25 minutes. Quick sidebar. Some of the old Rochester players were standing out at the uh, 36 yard line at Gillette when we were up there on Tuesday morning. And they were like, "This is where Vinatieri kicked it from in the snow." And they're like, "They're like, it's so far away," <laughs> <laughs> which it was when you're standing there on the 36 yard line. You're like, "Holy crap!" To kick a field goal from yeah, here in the snow is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm, so Nick, your pick. I am going to go 2014. Old Rochester wins this one. All right, I think I'm going to go 28-21. Wow, Old Rochester, oh, a little more scoring. Yeah. Hmm. I think I you know. I think it's going to be a lot of long drives, but I think you know something like Old Rider scores on four out of six possessions, and you know it's like three out of six or something for Stoneham. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. How's yeah. Uh, how you doing with the picks versus Lori? We are tied. Ooh, I think we're both. That uh, Volk Tech was a big one. That Volk Tech. I, think, <laughs> I actually, if you listen to the podcast last week, I picked against Volk Tech. Then I picked them again in the Diamond game on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cheated a little bit. Uh, Lori submitted her picks. I uh, saw who she picked. And then I purposely went the other way. I did write about it in the paper that I was doing. Yeah, that. you acknowledged. Jerry. So okay, I was, uh, you know, I was cl- clear and upfront about it. Well, I'm sure Justin Cruz appreciated the ringing endorsement, the, the <laughs> confident, the confident pick. I think that's what they I derived. Mean, there. We talked about it. It was the hardest game to pick going into that Thanksgiving yeah, slate. No was, doubt. I was going to pick it as like a three point game. Yeah, they played either direction or a mm-hmm. one point game either direction. And it was a fun, despite being freezing. I covered that game out. It was. It was a pretty fun game to, to watch. So what are you guys going to have as a tiebreaker in this one? Because I'm assuming you're both picking Old Rochester. I guess the score in this one. Yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, you said 28-21. I don't, I don't know what Lori's going to be picking. Um, we'll have that in uh, Saturday morning's paper, our picks. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know about a tie. What if she goes and picks like a similar score to you, same you know spread or anything? So that's, that's the question. Is then, yeah, if you're saying whose score is better, is it? 
Is it the difference, you know, like the actual point differential in the game? I like, would go point differential Or first. is it who was actually kind of closest to the total amount of points scored in the game? Well, like, we should resolve this I right do now. point differential first. And then point differential? If for whatever reason you have the... So, yeah, like, I if, I pick, if I pick 28... Tw- but, so, like, then it gets crazy. So, like, if I pick 28-21 and, and she picks... Um, 17-14 yeah. is yours. And Old Rochester wins 7 to nothing. Do I win? Because I picked a seven-point oh, differential. That's interesting. Oh, I, the over Even though under. she had the low-scoring yeah. game and I had the high-scoring game, you know? Because then I think she accurately predicted the type the of better, yeah. better the type of so game. So that's why I don't know if score differential actually does it if you're that far off in the total amount of points in the game. Maybe you should go based on the total points first. Yeah. And, yeah and or over-under of total passes thrown. Nine? I'll set it right now at nine. They both only throw four to five times a game, I'd say, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that would actually would help predict like the better the texture. So we should have a second layer, you're saying. We should predict something else beyond the the final score of the game. Yeah. Yeah. MVP too. Game MVP. Mm Mm-hmm. And you have to stat, you have to figure out too. I mean if if Old Rochester wins it, I'm I'm guessing it's gotta either be Will or Desmond. Yeah. Unless there's like a defensive Tyler touchdown. Tyler No goes for a bit. You two know. touchdowns, yeah. You know, if they get two touchdowns to Tyler No, he could win it. But mm-hmm. it was funny. I, was, I asked Cole McIntyre what, what he was looking forward to the most on Saturday. And uh, he goes, throwing a touchdown pass you know, here at Gillette Stadium. And I'm like, why settle for one? Make it two. And he's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd even be surprised yeah, if he Even got dreams two. have uh, <laughs> yeah. certain yeah. <laughs> limitations. Constraints. So. All right, so we're all picking the Bulldogs, right? Was, oh, oh, you got right. it. got it. Yes. I didn't know if we were going to have the contrarian in the crowd. Yeah. What no, has I, Stoneham done to impress me? I mean, seriously, <laughs> they lost the game on Thanksgiving. It's, they, they haven't won a single game I've watched of theirs all season. See, there you go. Oh, but this their quarterback, this kid, Deshaun Chase, had one of the best high school runs I've seen in that Arlington, the video. It's like, uh, I don't know, it was like 40 minutes in, but he takes, it's a design QB sweep, the defense loses contain, and then he's got like a safety kind of coming over. So he's already ran the ball like twenty yards, and he's coming up to the pylon, and he he straight up like hurdles the guy, uh, like full Superman, like over the top wow. um, for the touchdown. And then kind of the guy like ends up in, like going between his legs, so it's almost like a posterization. Uh. So that kid's that kid's pretty good too. So. They got weapons. It's going to be tough. They do. Tyler Noe's been known to hurdle some guys too. We actually got a great oh. photo. Ryan Feeney got a great photo in, uh, against Case. I want to say it was on an interception return. Mm-hmm. Um, he landed on his feet and kept going, too. Oh, that's... Hurdled the guy, landed on his feet, and kept going down the sideline. That's impressive. It's going to yeah. be a fun one. He's an athlete. So, All right. Well, I uh, hope everyone enjoys the game. It's going to be Saturday, 3.30 p.m., approximately at 15 yeah. minutes after the previous game ends. You know, it's possible they're a few minutes behind by that point. Be there the on day. time. It's going to be yes, moving fast. this game is going to go fast. Ten-minute quarters. Uh, only three timeouts per coach per half. Um, so instead of 20 timeouts in the game, there can only be 12 uh, maximum. And uh, nice. we will be covering the game. We'll be on all the social medias, uh, Twitter, at SC underscore Varsity. We'll be putting some updates on Facebook. We'll be putting some updates on Instagram. Uh, we'll be all over the place. And uh, obviously we'll be have all kinds of coverage Saturday night on the web and Sunday in the Standard Times. Nick and I will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Valeri will be shooting some photos. Sam will be there either in the stands or in spirit. I'll, I think I'll be in the stands. In the somewhere. stands, all right. And nice. Then, uh, 
Possibly we'll see a little uh, Lori Lose appearance. I've talked oh. to her a little bit. She's oh, on the no. Fence. <laughs> she might be coming out of uh, returning uh, retirement for one day. Not too cold. It's about right around 40 uh, degrees. It's, that like, it's like the one day temperate. she could do her one day contract. Here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. She, she gonna, she's not going to go and sit in the stands, right? She'll be coming and sit No, she'd be coming and, uh, yeah, she'd be, yeah. She'd be writing. She'd be, she'd be working. To her right? To, oh, she don't yeah, want to? Yeah. Wow. Okay. You'd have some sidebar competition there. Nice. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks to all of our listeners all season. This will be the last south coast end zone podcast of the year uh but hey it was kind of a bonus one we only knew we were going to have up to 11 so we got 12 and uh thanks if you do enjoy it uh please give us a good rating uh give us a follow on all the social medias and uh we'll be back uh probably for a preseason basketball preview on the uh south coast varsity the podcast not to be confused with south coast end zone the podcast Mm mm-hmm Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.